because my Leo Grand is coming home to this podcast. Heard you saw. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you... Quiet, Jim. I'm trying to record and make content. <laughs> Um, welcome to Heard You Saw. Um, I'm joined this time. <laughs> I was see. I was trying to do it without you being able to like go for the street guitar. I noticed. I noticed you were trying. Yeah, like, I, I was I like, I was like, Shay has put down the street guitar. There'll be no errant musical instruments chiming in here, being picked this is up the by the mic. Of... No, we're not doing a musical. <laughs> this episode. is our episode on Elvis, right? Can we go see Elvis? I'd like to see Elvis. <laughs> I mean, I've already seen it. I, I was it good? It. Okay. I liked it. Natalie I'm, did tweet that I am now obsessed with Elvis. And that's not what I said. I said, I am into Elvis now. I did not use the word obsessed. Mm. I feel well, like it was a crucial a... distinction. So just to uh, forge ahead with the podcast that we're actually going to do, um, it's me, Nick, as usual, joined by Shay. Hello. Jim. Hello. And Natalie. Hi. Newcomer to the pod. But, but old friend. Oh, <laughs> She's actually listened to some of the show. Wow, not yeah. many people have done that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, way to do the research. Um, we're also joined by the newest and possibly most enduring member of the podcast, Street Guitar. Thanks for your input, Street Guitar. Happy to have you on the show. So, um... It's weird how it sounded like it was in tune when she did it, and yet somehow when Nick touched it... I've got bad hands from you. bad hands. Know, real bad hands. Um, so we just watched Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. Starring Emma Leo Thompson Grand. and that other person. So yeah, Leo Grand. I always said Leo Grande because of the E yeah, on the end. So too, He's like a tall Leo, you know? He's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like I just need a Leo Venti. <laughs> Leo Cortado. <laughs> I never buy coffee, I don't know the words. So we begin the podcast as ever with a round of one line hot takes. Um, Natalie, you've listened to the show, so I assume you remember this segment, but just in case you don't. What way we start off the show is we start off with one line of a hot take of, you know, summing up your feelings, thoughts, or impressions about the movie in a single line or sentence, as will be demonstrated by Jim. Let's talk about sex, baby. Very nice, very nice. Shay, your one line hot take? Um, this film is menopause masterful. <laughs> I see I'm noticing that there's a, we're going with the, no, that was, that no, 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 it was, film. yeah, but I'm also just like, we're going with the catchy soundbike one line hot takes. <laughs> Natalie, do you have a one line hot take? Um. I'm not as good as those ones. You could but... just say, I liked it if you want. I liked it. Well, you can do the normal Morton thing, which is, this reminds me of a story that would take five minutes to, <laughs> to This account. reminds me of a story from the Vagina Monologues. All right. You know I, the one. I, I've not seen the Vagina Monologues in, like, I've never fully, seen it, like... Oh, God, how old am I? Oh, no. Let's not go oh, down no. that rabbit hole. Oh, Jesus. Don't worry, there's still time for you to receive sexual joy in your life, no matter how old you are. (laughs) (laughs) He's as old as time, but he's still in with a chance. Wink, ba-ching. And for my one-line hot take, um, to be crass, Emma Thompson can fucking get it. (laughs) You know, absolutely can get it. Um, And street guitar? And street guitar. Very salient street guitar, very good, you know. Are you going to have street guitar at your flat every time we go to record there now? No, I'm going to give street guitar away to someone. Okay, that's all. Like, like, like Jim said, it's a rescue. <laughs> <laughs> so if it, you know, if it behaves a little, like, not ideal, well, it's, you know, it's, it's been through so much. Yeah. You know, it's, you have to take that into account. It's afraid of men with beards. You know, they treated it rough. That's why we're at this end of the table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we want to make street guitar very comfortable. Um, so, good luck to you, Leo Grand. Um, should we do premise? Um, yeah, that's normally what happens. Yeah? 
Um, do you want to do it communally, or does someone want to leap into the breach and talk about what the film is about? Leap in, I think. Leap Thank in, you for Jim. asking for consent, then, <laughs> what we'd like to do. Yeah. Thank you. There's a lot about consent. There is a lot about consent yeah. in this movie. Yeah, so it's basically Emma Thompson plays um, an, an aging woman who's uh, a widow. Recent, uh, two years ago, her husband died, uh, but she felt feels very sexually unfulfilled. So she hires uh, Leo Grand, not his real name, uh, under the a, name Nancy Stokes, not her, not real, her name. real name. Yeah. Um, spoilers. I don't. Th- I don't think that's. Come on, pseudonyms. <laughs> come on. Come on uh, now. He but looked yeah. like a Leo Grand to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, uh, hires uh, a sex worker uh, in order to try and live out the not really sexual fantasies, or at least she doesn't term it that way. Uh, but she wants, she feels very wants to have a more fulfilling sex life, or to have those experiences that she feels that she's missed out on in her life because she's uh, only had one other sexual partner, which was her husband, and. It was a very stifling marriage. Mm, mm. And then shenanigans, as they often do, ensue. So, sh- sh- I shenanigans? Am, okay. I am, I am glad that we have Natalie on the podcast for this one, because one of my leading things that I want to say this is, uh, this felt like a play. I was about to say this oh, felt yeah. like a play. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I that too. being, you know, a playwright and a highly educated person who's studied, like, plays and shit, you know, I'm over here with my drama degree. My man over here got some... MAs and stuff? Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. Not to put too much pressure on me, but yeah, you're right. They were in a one room. Yeah. Um, there were four acts. Which yeah. Yeah. Primarily a little two handed between two people. It was good shit. Well that it was a bit two handed, wasn't it? <laughs> that was off screen, Shay. <laughs> it was an implied two handed. But no, it it's um you often get these films that, like, I'm reminded of. Um, do you remember that Christoph Waltz film, Carnage? Uh, I know what you mean. Is it Polanski? Oh, but that was adapted from a play. And that again, was it was the similar thing of like, you, you, when you get these things in cinema. Polanski, enemy of the podcast. Enemy of the podcast. Noted enemy of the podcast, <laughs> Roman Polanski, who fled to Europe to escape oh, our podcast. Yes, and he should keep fucking running. Brexit won't protect you for long, Polanski. Um, what I was going to say is that to cast back to like uh, the previous podcast which was Top Gun we were like oh that felt like a play too <laughs> it's all in one plane yeah one plane. <laughs> it's all in the Top Gun which is you know you know the, the locale but they're, they're waiting for they're waiting for Top Gun yeah it's totally waiting waiting for Maverick <laughs> But the thing about that we were talking about, we were surprised by the sort of emotional complexity and depth of the performances. Mm. Whereas with a film of this construction, which is in that play style, it's much more focused on character interaction and emotional journey. Because when Jim described the premise, you've effectively described the whole film Mm. in essence, you know, and as I said, shenanigans do ensue. And there's some, you know, emotional bips and bumps on there as we go on our way towards getting to the core of what makes these characters tick. But given that the last couple of films that we've seen have been very, like, sort of action, you know, or high concept, because, like, everything everywhere all at once has, like, really good, nuanced, intelligent, emotional performances, but they are layered in with this sort of multiversal, like, you know, massive, high concept cool shit. Well, I feel I do need to 
jump in here. That, that is jump not, in. That is not the definition of high concept. High concept is just is. I would say this film is more high concept than everything everywhere at once is. Wait, what does high concept? High concept mean? just means very easy to pitch. Can be summed. Uh, can be summed up in two or three sentences. So, oh, so I would have thought that would be low concept. No, see, that, a lot of people make this mistake, but that's not. That's a low concept is, is harder to no. explain. Is. Okay, all right. So I would, say, I would say Everything Everywhere is actually quite low concept, whereas this one is high concept. Fair enough. I am learning new things on the show. It's only... I mean, I did write that in uh, the script for the video essay, which you read which, not long ago. <laughs> which you can watch at James Woodall at on some YouTube. Point. It's not out yet. It's we'll about say... a popular movie that's very good. We're not going to say what it is yet? It's Speed. Okay, it's Speed. Which is a high concept <laughs> film. That is a high concept film. Yeah. 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 I, like I think they should change the way around that they do those. What it should high be low, concept, high concept, low, right? I can't even say it. It's yeah. just it's, you have high concept, low concept, and and, let's, and then high, well, then you also have high high brow and low brow, oh, and okay. they are different. So before we get into the serious point that Nick was about to say, here's my question: Yeah, was the last more palpable in this or Speed? Well, the at last? the end of Speed. There's that bit where Keanu <laughs> where Reeves and Sandra, in the yeah, when they fuck in a in a um, subway car that's burst onto the street. You know the long phallic object bursting free, as symbolising the end of the film, and also the liberation of Keanu Reeves's dick into Sandra Bullock. You know, like. So I haven't seen Speed, and I can't tell if we're joking. This no, is hundred percent what happens. Climax, <laughs> climax. So they get off the bus. He, he's he's it's, joking it's a, about it's the high um, academic reading of it. He's, yeah, he's making a kind of. They, do, they don't. But it's not. They don't actually fuck in the train, but they do start making it's out. It's strongly and, 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 there's, and there's heavy and there's people watching. And people are watching. Oh. Yeah, and they're sort of like, my God, they're so hot for each other. And like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock do have really good chemistry, yeah. I think, in that film. And yet she dumps in by the sequel. But let's not talk about. No the one wants to talk oh, no, about speed like to colon cruise control. <laughs> this time it's on a boat. Oh. You, know, you know those things that are notorious for going fast? Yeah. And you know, are close to lots of obstacles in the open water? Yeah. It's really high stakes. Yeah, cruise control... Isn't cruise control also when you just can put it on automatic, right? So surely like, it's like, oh, this isn't that hard. You can just put the cruise on cruise control and it's okay. Gra Graham Yost has complained... He's the screenwriter of the original Speed. He was not involved in Speed 2. Uh, he made the exact same point in the commentary for Speed 1. <laughs> I thought we were going to say Speed 2 like he had... He, oh, they, no. they had got he, him to do the commentary. Was he like, also, I don't I know mean, why I'm here. He also complains in the commentary of Speed 1 that like... The writer for Speed 2, they sent him on a cruise. It wasn't Chris. Dick Mass. <laughs> it wasn't the director of The Shaft, Dick Mass. Dick Mass. Okay, I feel like we're veering onto like. We're like, just this, doing this, your this video is, essay. This is a joke in my video essay. Look, cut that out because you, you don't get to have that first. <laughs> Thing is, Jim, you've got like twenty-five thousand subscribers. No one listens to this show. The thing is, Nick doesn't put this out like tomorrow. It will be four months, and then Nick will be like, "I forgot that I had this on my phone." I've been pretty good about uploading things in a timely manner. It takes it takes time to make video essays. Nick will beat me. Yeah, sure. You know about making video essays. I do. You know what's it? Is it? I forgot the name of your YouTube channel. Well, it's just Shay Collins because my original YouTube channel got deleted. It did. Because of a lack of sex positivity from YouTube. Circling yeah. us slightly back, back. back to the film. Go. So, well I forgot what my original point was, which was talking about emotional interplay between two characters. Okay. So I think the fundamental question I want to lay out to the table, did you buy the interaction between these two performers in this space? Yes. Yes? Right up until the end of, I guess, the third act. Oh, yeah. See, this is where I was. This is what I was also going to say. I was like, yeah, yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim. I think, I mean, 
I, th I was going to answer the question, yes, that I did buy it, but it's true that I did sort of, it did lose me a bit at that point as well. Mm. There was a key moment, and I'm sure we're all thinking of it, where a character left the room and realistically would not have re-entered the room. Mm. Yes. Um, and I think that him by him, I've I've ruined it and spoiled it. Well, yeah. Should we spoil it? So, yeah, I mean, like, okay, yeah. We'll do the we'll do. Well, so, uh, Shay, would you recommend people see this film? I have issues with it, but yes, yes, okay, I would. Okay, yeah, yeah. Jim, would you recommend people see this film? Yes. Natalie. Uh, yeah, it is thornier than I had. Thor thornier. Thornier. Ah, what do you mean by just to unpack real quick? Thornier. Well, just then, I feel like the promotion of it was a little bit more like. Sexy good times. Sexy good times. Yeah. It, it was a, verging on a little bit more controversial. It didn't quite get there, mm. but yeah, I think there's more to it than initially I thought when I looked at like yeah. the trailer. I think to the same point, I would be like, this was not the film that I thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, I still enjoyed it, and I would still recommend people see it, if only because I think it does and hopefully shall do on this very podcast listener that you'll hear, will prompt interesting conversations about both the larger political points that the film goes out of its way to make, but also the sort of interactions that it has between its characters and the way it talks about, like, um, you know, ageing, relationship between parents and children, you know, sex work obviously is a facet of it, and, you know, whether old, old people be horny or not. Um, so I would say, yes, a recommendation, if not... Not as full-throated as other films, because I think... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you all picked up on that one. That was... Oh, oh, oh yes, I did that on purpose. I did do that on yeah, purpose. Of course you did, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not very subtle. <laughs> Much like the film. Um, no, but... Yes, so we're now going to ring the spoiler klaxon. Ding. Ding. Oh, you, they do have a bell. Oh, they do have a bell. So, continuing your point. Um, so, in the third act, when they have the fight, they have a big fight, and I think a, a boundary is crossed. That's the important, like. You can talk freely about spoilers okay. now. We're, we're past the spoiler facts, um, and everyone else is gone. When Emma Thompson's character reveals that she's done a bit of digging and figured out Leo Grande's real name, he's in like our, she puts him in such a vulnerable position. I think realistically, when he left the room in. You know, he, he totally shut down and gave his sort of speech about you know, cross the line, I'm leaving now, this is it. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of like went for like, her a little bit, dragged her yeah, a little, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. Like things got a bit Yeah, ugly. I really thought there was there's no coming back from this. Yeah. And the reason he came back is because he'd forgotten his phone. Which like if a millennial forgets their phone, they're coming back in, right? Yeah, but that's but, how we be. But I don't I I can just about buy that, but I can't it would, there was a because obviously I mean the whole film was just a ticking time bomb of when do we get to Leo Grand's Leo Grande's like when do we find out his backstory mm. and so that was how they chose to do it they had him like put in an uncomfortable situation he left the room and then he had to come back in the room he got really frustrated because he couldn't find his phone and then it all came out about his past and his difficult relationship with his mum um, and, and that's where it lost it for me yeah I had a kind of similar journey where I was like, I definitely buy, I, I bought Nancy one, you know, essentially oversubscribing to the fantasy of the situation and like doing the bit of digging and like, you know, wanting to pry a little more. I think it felt a little bit 
abridged in terms of how we'd gotten to that point because I was like they were on what session three right yeah and I was like well you you know you fucked this guy twice before and then you were like oh and now I'm going to dig into him and yeah. fucking like I was like well, well, she kind of said like she's just got a lot of time you know it's like sure but I, and also like she's given over a lot to him and is constantly asking the question to him yeah. throughout the first two sessions. Mm. I, and I can imagine that in the weeks that have passed, that you know, she spent all the time thinking about these sessions, and that's well, it was like weekly though. It was like um, it, was, it, was, it was described as the timeline was over the course of like a yeah, month. You're right, yeah. So it was like a week. Yeah, but still, still imagine a week if you're like if you have nothing else going on in your life. Which is you only have a very boring it. son. If you only. If you've only had sex with one person, mm. like, and presumably not like in quick succession <laughs> over whatever thirty-one years of marriage, yeah, um, yeah, I feel like it would it would it would take up a lot of your mental time. It would preoccupy you. That is yeah. the phrase that I was looking for. Yeah, I mean the thing is that that sort of lost me about that fight is that I had quite enjoyed that they were doing a portrayal of sex work where this woman had certain preconceptions of what a sex worker is and he was breaking those preconceptions. Mm-hmm. And that, like she thought, she thought, oh, human trafficking, you must have put, come from a broken home, there's a reason why you have to do, to do this. And he was all like, no, that's that's not all not true. And make, makes this joke about, oh, I'm saving up for college. And he's like, oh, that's good. And she's like, no, that's not true. He says, yeah. And I kind of like that, like, I like that the message was like, he's just a normal guy. Yeah. And then it he has out, a joke. Yeah. yeah, and it turns out he has all this baggage, and I was a bit like, oh, like, and he doesn't even like make a point about that about like, oh, you got what you wanted, you're broken whore, yeah. and it's like, oh, so now it feels like you're going back on that, and then by the end, it was, it did sort of pull it back a bit, where it's like, okay, his past like isn't necessarily like he, he wasn't forced into sex work it yeah. wasn't it, it was just and it wasn't about his whoring specifically it yeah. was about teenage sexual awakening you know yeah. like that and, sort of and thing. it was thematically relevant about you know because we were talking about the ideas about the societal shame towards sex so I was like yeah fine but I think the moment it became well, it was also a lot about like mothers and sons yeah and stuff, so, and like, so, so it did, like, they did pull it back and it was relevant <laughs> Um, and it did, you know, it was about the things that the film was broadly speaking about. But I think the moment it became about that, I, I mean, it was fine that, like, about boundaries that was relevant as well. But the moment it it, it became more about him than it was about her. That see, that's I the key of, thing for yeah, me as well. I sort of felt that like now we're not really talking about sex anymore. Yeah, I I think that was the thing because my expectation for this film is that it was going to be. Not that it wasn't about, like, you know, the psychology of sexual agency with women, particularly older women, and, like, sort of the oppressiveness of, like, the sort of trad lifestyle, you know, husband does his thing, you know, you know, face of the pillow, go like the clappers. Think, think of the queen. Yeah, that sort of thing, you know. Like, I well, was... it sounds like you didn't think of the queen hard enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if we're all thinking of the queen, I mean, how long could you possibly last? Oh, oh, she's... oh God. Which, which era of the queen? <laughs> Right now, <laughs> desiccated corpse. You know. <laughs> I just can't support state monarchy <laughs> in any capacity. With your not dick. with my dick. <laughs> I cannot erect a monarchy. <laughs> anyway, um, what I was gonna, what, what I mean, I was expecting it to be a bit more about like the psychological journey of Nancy as a character, and like. Exploring, you know, her relationship to pleasure, her relationship to her own body, which was all there. Mm. But there was a definite shift, as you say, where it became more about, like, 
Leo and who is he really? And like, you know, centering it on sort of the mystique and sort of like the, oh, you know, we're society is the bad thing and like you know we're sort of like you've overstepped these boundaries and it became more about like the dynamic rather than the sort of mm. internal journey I guess like it became more transactional than emotional in some ways for me yeah. do you think that this could have worked if it was done in a different way say if it wasn't restricted by its play-esque qualities like what about if they then followed Leo Grande and it was kind of split see or something else? Was it? Was it just how it was executed? Do you mean like? Do you mean like sort of the structurally? Because I think part of the strength of the narrative is that we can only sort of judge these characters by how we see them in this specific yeah. situation. And they're both putting on something. Yeah, they're both create. They're both playing characters. You know, they're both trying to get something from the transaction. Be that money. Be that satisfaction. Be that like you know the sense of a job well done or whatever. It's like I think. That's very much a sort of locus that the film turns on, of like having these characters in this situation. Sorry. Can I, I, I'm trying to say, you know, what's, come on, okay. This was your <laughs> question. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to respond to you in good faith. You're like, oh, 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 oh. but kind of linger so. Um, Shay, we are trying, like, the message of the movie is that we can talk about sex openly and maturely, and you're letting the film down. Well, actually, <laughs> just I like think my dick is going down with these questions. <laughs> I, I just want it on the record that I can't talk about sex openly and maturely. <laughs> Glad I invited you on the pod. We'll ask probing <laughs> questions later. But it's, I think I, I get what you mean about if you were to see these characters in a more neutral state, that would very much change the dynamic of the film. I think for me... But, but that, that's what happens in the fourth act. It's not quite yes that, but they no. do... It's just a third character is introduced. A third character is introduced, and therefore they are both kind of put out into. Well, the whole part of it is that Emma Thompson's character is not then ashamed of her mm. participating in. But see, that that scene I liked. I like that. I liked really, it too. It was really the third scene that sort of sort of lost me, and it wasn't. I don't think it was because of the limitation of the film. It just it just then. Um, I felt that it, like it was doing something that was at odds with what it was doing before. I felt it was like trying to demystify sex, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, but actually this kind of, this person is hiding something very, very juicy, and, it, and there was mis- mystique there. Um, and the, the, so it just felt like, well, now you're contradicting yourself, and I'm actually like, you know, it, it puts the characters in sort of an interesting, you know, um, interaction now where they have to like oh she's overstepping that how do they react um but it still felt very like this is not what the film was trying to do before i felt yeah wouldn't it have been more interesting if his backstory was that he didn't have a backstory yeah she keeps pushing him but there just isn't anything there he's like i just decided to do this because i like it and i'm good at it and it's fulfilling to me this i think this is this leads me on to the next topic that i wanted to bring up in a sense, do you think it would have been like I don't tell her, I don't tell them on an oil rig, and they know what I do? And it doesn't matter. Like do you, you, you've overstepped. I was trying to distance. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, what do you think that this film's relationship to sex work is? I okay. So <laughs> there was a bit where I shook my head because I feel, like, and I felt like people would have been like in the audience, like, oh my god, this person doesn't get the film at all. But there was a bit where they were like, we should legalize sex work. And I was like, no, you don't legalize, you decriminalize sex work. Mm. Legalizing it is not good for sex work, generally speaking. So like, I feel like, okay, 
Or where is this? Are you going to make reference like was it the Nordic model, right? Which is the no, is no, that no, the controversial no, 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 no. One? That's a controversial one. Yeah. yeah. That, no, I wasn't even going to make reference to that. I. I was just trying. Like, I know something about sex, sex work legislation. No, uh, but yeah, you should decriminalize it. But then I was like, oh well, okay. So is this film? What research has this film done? Like, what? Where is it coming from? Politically, is it coming from quite a? Up middle class, upper class. But but if I if I if I may play a, smi- a slight bit of devil's advocate here, mm. it's like you we should make this a nationalized service is the sort of thing that a character like Nancy might say. Oh, yeah, totally. But I think the film doesn't but, really interrogate that. It's or, less about what she's saying, like her, because there's times where she's like ashamed of sex work, and it's all very interesting. But would he say? Would he, he's like oh we should legalize it. And it's like, mm, this doesn't come from, this comes from a strange place, I'm not sure about that. Or like, because I feel that like, I don't know it, if I, I feel this film I, is necessarily I, I being utopian about it, or like, you know, that you get that you, you know, you engage a sex worker and they're like this sort of, you know, impossibly beautiful, quasi-therapeutic, like, yeah, but also just a little bit broken so you can fix him. Like, it, it, it he is selling a fantasy. Uh, but also the film is indulging in those tropes in the same way. She calls him at one point, like, a, like the saint of sex or something. Yeah. Oh, thank oh, you. Thank you. That's not exactly what she calls him, but something like that. Yeah, she does imply that she's... use the word saint. Yeah. You know, which I'm like... I wouldn't mind if they kind of leaned into that, if yeah. this was a more like extra film, because this was actually kind of like a grounded sort of, you know, very sort of realistic, for lack of a better term, film. If this was a bit more of like a wild sort of like, you know, like big Catholic imagery and stuff like that, <laughs> and you know, sort of like the presentation of the horny Jesus and that kind of stuff. Frollo singing Hellfire. Yeah, that sort of thing. And you know, like it just sort of, if it was like a wilder film, then I would have been more on board with them making more like, you know, those kind of comparisons. What did you get here, by the way? This is mushroom croquettes, I think. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Really? Very cheesy. Okay, so well, I will stay can, well away. You can try some yeah. onion rings. Onion no, rings I, I don't like onion rings, thank you. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I think that Leo Grand might be like, the fact that he was so like, yes, let's legalize it. I was like, I think... He would have a more nuanced opinion. Might be like, mm, yeah, this is great work that I do, but... That's not quite well. Yeah. Or he he wouldn't even respond. He would just be like, hmm. But he was very much like, yes, legalize. But you could argue in that in that I, circumstances. Actually, I remember him being the one that brought that brought it up and her agreeing, not the other way around. Oh, okay. But but, but, but okay, okay, that, that, that's well, I don't that's I don't know. But that's, I'm just saying point. that's what I remember. Yeah. I don't know if, if I'm that's right. That's what goes along with my point. Yeah. I thought that she mentioned it. She brought up the school essays and was saying that all the kids were writing the same oh, yes, essays, which yeah. surprised me because it suggests, well, it suggested that there was a common thread amongst school kids with attitudes towards sex work, and I'm not sure that there is. She did caveat that by saying that they'd all copied it from Wikipedia oh, rather sure, than having yeah, like yeah. actual what, what opinions. I, I thought that was a bit strange though because what she said, what the sentence she said was that like, oh, that it sh- their, their argument was that it should be legalized yeah. and Wikipedia doesn't have an opinion. Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia just says like, oh, this is, some people say this, some people, and so it just felt like that, and he, when he said that sounds like Wikipedia, my reaction was, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
You don't know anything about Wikipedia, Leo Graham. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the thing, like, the writer could have just gone to Wikipedia and probably replaced that if that's what they wanted to do. Wow. I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to look at Wikipedia. No, right now. Was about <laughs> you go for it, you go for it. Okay. Um, the writer of this film needed to go and read uh, Revolting Prostitutes, Juno uh, Mac, and I can't remember, the other name escapes me. But it felt like the writer of this movie was in neither of the generation that they were writing from, so he wasn't they weren't a millennial or a So like a Gen X wrote this. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so this is a Gen X like film. That's my theory. Yeah, okay. I could kinda of see that. Mm. I think one of the things that I well, felt Oh. What what have you uh, Oh no. What what's let's not give it any mention. Oh, is that just on the front page of Wikipedia? Yes. Okay, fuck me. Okay, cool. I didn't see what was it. Oh, it's um, oh. noted enemy of the pod, the author of a popular wizard series, is the trending article on Wikipedia today, apparently. Well, I think that's didn't know I, that was a thing. I think a lot of people are just looking at her up because of the Roe v. Wade thing. That she, uh, well, no, no, because refused to well, the thing that I, I said to you the other day that, like, when the Roe v. Wade thing happened, I saw that she was trending and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I hope she's not said some fucking brainworms take about this. And then the reason that she was trending is that she got, like, catfished by a bunch of pranksters who pretended to put her on a call with President Zelensky and, like, his aides and asked her ridiculous questions about Russia. Which I want to say, I think that kind of sucks. Like, mm. you know, I, while she's a tool and she deserves a lot of, like, clowning on, I don't... You know I don't care for like constructed pranks or anything like that. I just oh, like get out of here. You think they were hard? Oh, I don't care. I'm not. I'm not Are these also halloumi fries? Yes. You Ooh. son of a. You you were just get eating cheese in front of me now. It's almost like Shay ordered food without consulting you. It's almost like Shay ordered food that I specifically can't eat, so I have to watch on my own show. <laughs> I'm gonna come I'm on. Sorry. What can what can't you eat? You can't eat lots of sugar. All right. I can. I just need to take insulin. Oh fuck! Damn it. Okay. And you can eat lots of cheese. You just have to poop a lot. Well, I have to take the pills, which I don't have with me. You know, and I should carry them. But anyway. Um, so about sex work. Yes. J.K. Rowling. Oh no, sorry. Yeah. That, is a, that is a lot on Wikipedia, and I couldn't be bothered to read through it. It was too. It was too long. I think. I dabbed those kids read through the entirety of Wikipedia. I think that. I, I, I think it's a, it's a mark of a good film when it's given me stuff to think about, but yes, I also true. feel that the the biggest critique I could make of this film is I don't think it it I don't think it said anything particularly clever. It posed a fair amount of interesting questions, mm. and there were compelling performances. And I think that I like a lot of the notes that are in here, but I don't feel like this has given me any sort of thing where I'm gone. Oh, I've never thought about it that way. But I do think that the the maybe. The people of Emma Thompson's generation who might I be able to identify with that character more, yeah. they might think some of the things it says are more interesting. It might just be that we have a, we our generation are, and I hate I, I hate sort of dividing humanity up in this way. You complain but, about boomers so much. Oh yeah, all but they the deserve. They deserve. <laughs> you're just like ah oh, the That's boomers. The, yeah, the boomers. But I hate doing it, Nick. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Natalie, you want, you want to jump in? Oh no, I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Don't point at me when I'm making <laughs> don't, jokes. Don't perceive me. <laughs> Turn off the microphone. Don't look at me. I do. I do think, like, I feel like what it did a better job of engaging with was with that um, the, the fact that there are a lot of women who have had that experience of um, being in a long marriage and that their that their sexual pleasure has not been the priority. Yeah. Um, 
And I think I think that was really the question it wanted to engage with. It just had to engage with the, se- the question of se- sex work in order to get there. Sure, that makes sense. Mm. I thought that first that whole first scene, the it was excruciating with her. That's mm. their first meeting. But, but very well done. I loved, very, I loved yeah. that. Interesting tidbit that I discovered was Emma Thompson um, was part of a campaign to reject a call from Am- Amnesty to decriminalise sex work somewhere. And I was like, oh, oh. That's great. interesting. She has yet to, since this film, yet to comment that, further. Comment further. Yeah, yeah, okay, that. interesting. interesting. Hmm. But then again, like it is, the politics of an actor are not necessarily the politics yes, of the yes, cat. Yes, but yes, I know, yes, it, yes, but yes, it is a salient point. Yeah, like I. I don't know that the thing about like the whole generational divide, like mm. I feel like that some of the things it talks about, you know, like the relationship. You know, I've talked to you know my just take my mum for example. Like we've talked about the relationship between parents and children, and like how that dynamic can be very sort of challenging in various ways. Like a lot, but I feel that we've you know maybe because we are literally parent and child we've gone to deeper places and I feel like with this film they kind of broached the sort of please eat onion rings you know I'll have an onion ring thank you Shay after you want an onion ring well thank you <clears throat> maybe I'll try okay. sort of how crispy are they I have a loop <laughs> very crispy just onion you like onion it's just onion in batter I don't understand yeah. the appeal the difference is this is cooked onion Oh, that's true. I, got, I mean, I my kebab, terrible kebab experience the other night. As I said to both of you, I recognise my kebab privilege when I was, I was just like, oh. As we all should. Yes. I'd like to say this film was very well directed. I think it was Sylvie Hyde did a good job. Yeah. I felt very much the ebbs and flows of the tension and relaxation of the, the dynamic between the two, and I think that was very much helped by the camera work. Very so lovely camera I, work. I was going to say I really dug the shit out of the amount of soft focus that's in this. I love me some soft focus. But also restrained with that and not overly used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Maybe not out of control. Right up until the very last sort of mon- like sex montage when they came in and there was a lot of sun glare. It was like, now we've entered the realms of the, this would not, this is not real. Yeah. But then maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe in, in pursuit of the happiness of these characters, I kind of didn't mind that we went off into the valley of the, like, insane. What do you mean by the insane? Well, just the, the fact that he came back after having her having. Oh, like so, the, so that as in like montage. scene four in its entirety. Sure. Yeah, I thought yeah. you meant like the sex montage itself was like. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess the sex montage wouldn't happen right without scene four. Yeah. Because he wouldn't be there. Yeah, he wouldn't um, have. Yeah, which I agree. I I felt like. I understood the need to have, like, you know, the denouement and the closure and, like, you know, the sort of, she admits the things that were wrong, she reconsiders her positions. A thing that I was going to say that I felt was brought in up in the fourth act that, like, I felt could have maybe been more present was that the girl that she taught talking about how she herself had acted in a way that was, like, oppressive and reinforcing these patriarchal ideas of, like, girls are sluts and men are uncontrollable animals and you know we must keep the twain separated the skirts long you'll never enjoy sex if you do get have sex you'll get pregnant and die i almost wish becky had been in at the very beginning of the film and then mm. not yes. come back to the end i 100% agree with you i just i yeah, had the same thought yeah that would be a very a good way to sort of 
the end. Yeah, book edit, and also like give us a sense of context for the journey of Nancy as a character. Because yeah. mm. I feel like while there were arcs in here, they were very. You, you, one could argue subtle. You could also argue poorly defined. I think because there were parts of it that I felt were quite well done, but also parts of it I'm just like, well, is this just that you're leaving it up to sort of you're being subtle, yeah. or is this just not here? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you don't want to give a text undue credit for stuff that it's just not doing. Yeah, yeah. We call it wanky. <laughs> I wouldn't say this was wanky necessarily. It's wanky when you make it ambiguous because you don't know what is actually happening. That's true. Yes. I did once get a YouTube comment where, on one of my videos where I had basically said that there were left questions unanswered and the comment said, um, all good stories leave questions unanswered. And it's just like, I mean, I, I can agree that a lot of good stories do, but, this, but, but leaving questions unanswered does not a good story make necessarily. Yeah, especially if you pose the concept of your narrative around this presumed question yeah. and then don't really engage with it. We all... No, but Lost was the most complete story. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, for one, felt fulfilled. I gave up after three episodes. I watched the first season and then three episodes of season two, and I didn't watch any more. And then I watched the final episode in university because my mate Sam was like, I'm watching the Lost finale. Do you want to hang out? I was like, sure. So I watched it. And you know what? I was like, this is fine. Sure. <laughs> I guess they were all in purgatory the whole time or what? whatever. You know, okay. and there's a big rock in the middle of the island. And like you realize that Jack's dad was called Christian, so Christian Shepherd, and you're like, <gasps> oh no, really? Did you did you only just I, get that? Christian Shepherd. I mean, I mean, yes, I just got that because you, I only just learned his name when you said it. Yeah. So, so sorry, I took me so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one one subject about this film I, I would like to raise is um, nudity. Yes. About because um, I was sort of in two minds about how I wanted this film to approach nudity. Yeah. Because at the beginning, like, there was like a, a lot of the quadruple space. Yeah, there was like the sex happened like between cuts or or just out of shot. Yeah. Um, and there was no there was no fault there was no no breastage no no female presenting nipples. No hanging um, dong. Exactly. And and to begin with, I quite because I mean we've had this conversation before that we sort of feel like a lot of. Uh, modern cinema is quite sexless. True. Um, and we've even gone back to like looking at like even just ordinary films from a few years ago mm. that, ju that just acknowledge the existence of sex without necessarily being in any way pornographic. Yeah. Just being like, why have films, a lot of films stopped doing this? Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is a great, this could be, at, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is great, this is an example of a film which is definitely about sex, but it also proves that like, oh, you can do this without nudity. Mm. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, but. It's also about demystifying sex, and I sort of feel like we should do that by being like, yeah, just put some tits on screen, it's fine. Yeah. Um, which they ended up doing yes. um, by the end, and I was quite, and, and so, I, so I was sort of in two minds about like, well, like, like is, is it better to have a conversation about sex without, um, without that sort of obstacle, because I think it will be an obstacle for some people watching it, um, or is it better to demystify the whole concept of nudity? And um, also, the person presenting the nudity is Emma Thompson who's mm. arguably like one of the world's most beautiful people and is white and able-bodied and granted she's over 40 so you know for Hollywood standards yeah. she's an aged crone yeah, she's a per like but I mean that's that's what I was thinking I mean you do see like Leo Grant's flaccid dong for like a little bit yeah like I was there it is yeah. you know because I, I in the same way I was wondering whether when because that was post sex montage 
which like just as a sidebar to the sex montage thing I think that I've I think I've said to all of you on various occasions is that we should I, have a sex montage no I was more <laughs> after, more after this <laughs> <laughs> that's for the secret cast um, <laughs> what I was going to say is I liked that I they just saw. And the <laughs> okay um, <laughs> so, sorry you're making a point I was going to say is that one of the things I liked is that while it was this sort of very, you know, like, you know, sort of euphoric kind of like, look at them, they be fucking, and it's like, you know, this is the sort of payoff to all of the sort of build that we've had throughout the film. I also liked that they made space for like slightly funny, awkward moments where like the sex isn't quite as just purely magical because like there's often a thing of like sex can be funny, it can mm. be clumsy, it can be awkward or whatever. And I feel like often media doesn't want to engage with that necessarily because it's either like seen as the climax to the sort of, for lack of a better term, <laughs> um, it's seen as the climax to like the sort of romantic sequence. So it has to be this sort of like, you know, you know, wonderful, you, yeah. you know, Elysium feel style. Fly. Yeah, all of that shit. Or it's like, there's a sense of like violence or even like, you know, like you go to, um, uh, House of Gucci, where like um, Adam Driver fucks Lady Gaga in the fucking office, and it's like it's a comedy sex scene. He's like sweeping everything off all of the tables and like banging her off the walls and shit. And it's like kind of hot a little bit, but it's also like this is almost cartoonish in how you're presenting it. Mm. So I feel like this walked a decent line in terms of like having your sort of you know magical sex dream cake, but also having your cock and eating it. Oh wow. <laughs> you know what, you know what, Morton? I'm glad you're not on this episode, because you'd be like, oh, 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 buttholes or something. <laughs> and I'd have two of them to contend with, you know? Mm. Every podcast I, th- I, I agree with you, though. I especially did really appreciate in that final sex montage, there was one shot where she went, like, oh, no, I can't balance. Hold up, we need to move. Yeah, we need to, like, this, is, this isn't yeah. going to work. And I'm just like, yeah, and it's fine, and they continue to have that connection and intimacy despite having, like, it's not always physically perfect. Mm. You know? Is it, you know. I think that is what I appreciate about the film and I felt it got distracted from a little in that third uh, third scene uh, which is that I liked it's just this is just a frank like unashamed conversation about sex and I was like yeah we need more shit like that am I going to be the one to mention sex education as a show I mean you just have so I yes. have so you are the one I am the one I am the podcast comptroller I'll comptroll it didn't call myself podcast daddy because I feel like in this context it would be weird but, you, but now it's there. It's there. It's, out there. it's in the room. You know. I would have liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so, with like Sex Education, for example, which is a show that is, as the title would suggest, about the idea of presenting you know, a sexual dimension to, in that case, teenagers and sort of exploring your bodies and different aspects to it. It's more didactic than this, but it's meant to be representational. Do we feel this operates in a similar kind of space of providing like... A story or an or an image or a set of you know something that people can look to as a way of being like oh like you said demystification of mm. making you feel like oh yeah 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 this is a thing. I've not seen the show. Oh, it's it's a, it's, a, it's pretty good. I think you'd I have did. opinions. Mm. Ellis has many opinions. I, I tried to watch. I I know it gets better, but like the first like ten minutes or so like straight white, and I was like I know obviously it changes. Yeah, like, yeah but I was like I'm bored. Yeah, all right, all right. I would suggest like if you know it's a it's a good time. But I think that, like, a show like that is, you know, in the same sort of vibe of, like, it. sex education has the problem that it tries to sort of be everything to all people. Yeah. And in some cases, like, 
falls dramatically short of like mm. serving those particular demographics beyond say, and also they're here too and you're mm. like Oh, we, did, we did a few episodes about this person, and now we've addressed that. Okay, quick, we've got other stuff to talk about. So we've also on. got to get back to these straight white people at the center of the story, and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you could say that about any program. <laughs> I, will, I will say sex education does have more queer representation than many shows, and that should be recognized. It does have a straight white male lead. It does. But, you know, that is allowed sometimes. You know, hey, guys, we... As, as the straight white man at the table, um, we've been really struggling in my demographic to sort of get the kind of representation that we yeah, need. Yeah, where's your TV show? I don't know. I mean, when's it going to happen for me, you know? How am I going to get over Anyway. Um, um, in terms of representation, yes. Uh, people should uh, watch a video essay about queer representation, 16 minutes long, oh, yeah? by James B. Widow. Oh, really? Oh, I thought, yeah. you, I thought you were promoting yourself. <laughs> I was, was going to be like, how dare you? Oh, oh, I mean, you should be promoting me. I want to say, Shay Collins' content is very good, and you should mine's, definitely look up their videos. Mine's not really about queer representation. What? There's that one about... Buddies is like queer. Buddies is a bit about a... Yeah. It's, it's about queer rep. It's fully about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. You out here in these streets. Um, what do we think? of the racial politics that we're not engaged with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it, I feel like it's a film that was probably done with, like, open casting and yeah. therefore, and then not rewritten to engage with it. Yeah. But... I mean, there was an element of that when I was watching when, like, you know, she was exploring him with a shirt off and he had a tattoo. And I was like, is she going to mention the tattoo? Yeah, I, like, I thought she was going to mention the tattoo. And I was like, and then I was like, I'm waiting for, oh, oh, if they do mention the tattoo, is that does that mean... That was in the script, and they put a tattoo on him, or or did they change the script because he has a tattoo, yeah. and then they just ignore the tattoo? And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, he just has that tattoo. Yeah, okay, I fine. think it was just that's him. They didn't change the script. Yeah. Um, uh, that was a moment where she's like, I, I'm buying you, and also that was like, <laughs> there was also when she was like, called him Garcon, which I was like, Ooh. did she call him Garcon? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. When did, when did that happen? Like maybe in the first, like when he was he, serving her the going, the fizz or whatever. He's going down on her, I think, and he's like, no, oh. that Garcon or something like that. Oh. Really? I don't remember, I don't remember that at all. Uh, maybe I imagined it. Possible. Or, or we missed it. It's or we possible. missed it. Like. Anyway, I just thought it should be put out there. We're yeah. not the best people to discuss it. No, yeah, we are, we are a, a white table at the moment. You know. That's, that's the sound of, that's the sound of caucasity. That is, you know, just whistling through oh, the trees. I've never heard the word caucasity. <laughs> You've never heard the word caucasity before? You've not heard the audacity of the caucasity before? Oh, that's But yeah, it's, I, I agree with you that it feels very like, like, we don't see color. You know, it's like, we, you know, we're just, we're just not engaging with this. We've got a non-white, you know, male love, love interest, quote unquote. Um, and that's fine, and we're not going to comment on it, and therefore we're moving on with the sexual politics rather we than the racial. We commented on it in Bridgerton, which ostensibly was supposed to be like colorblind. Mm. Isn't the whole thing of Bridgerton that they're playing real historical characters, right? No. No? No, I'm thinking of Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Candlebaum. My name is Alexander Candlebaum. Um, no, I thought Bridgerton was the whole point. Did you want to be in the room when it happened? Between Leo Grande and Emma Thompson? Stop it now. I, Stop it. I fully hate that as, right. like, just as her. I, I didn't, On a uh, conceptual level. I didn't want to miss my show. Oh, oh God. No. 
throw away your shot. Like well, I don't, I don't care about Hamilton. Yeah, me neither. I, I, we weren't talking about Hamilton. We were talking about Welcome like, to Bridget. the podcast. We, we weren't talking about Bridgerton. We were talking about the movie. <laughs> so, all right, okay. How are we doing for like recording time? Forty minutes. Really? really? I don't know. Oh, maybe. that's not that's my, my guess. That's not my code. There we go. Everyone knows the code. To my, don't say it on the. Um, yeah, that's alright. I think you know. So, does anyone have any specific things that they want to bring up and talk about? I, you go. I, I like Emma Thompson. I'm glad. She, I feel like this was very well cast. Yes. She mm. knew what she was doing. She wanted people who like Emma Thompson to watch this movie, and they will. I had another question. Is a thing I liked, which I wanted to put to the table. I liked that the experience of her having her first orgasm was self-induced. Mm. I thought that was a neat little subversion of like the sort of his magical penis or yeah. whatever. I agree, because I, I was waiting for how that would happen. Yeah. And I was like, no, yeah, this I quite like. Do you know another thing it made me think of, Jim? It made me think of Don John. Mmm, good movie. Yeah, very good movie. Um, if you guys seen Don I John? Have. What did you make of it? Fine. <gasps> Fine? Really? Intriguing. We'll have a further discussion off mic, I'm sure. But I like that that film centers on the idea that what is important in a, you know, for a sexual agency and identity is about emotional intimacy and connection with another person, rather than like, you know, being physically attractive in the sort of hyper-idealized way that they, it centers on and like, you know, focus on porn addiction and stuff like that. And I felt that like, the sort of self-acceptance narrative that this kind of has, that Don John also has, I thought, was pretty resonant. Hmm. And I liked that it ended on her, like, regarding her body. I mean, obviously, it's Emma Thompson, and as said at the top of the show, she can fucking get it. But, but she is also over 40, and that is something that um, Hollywood treats like a vampire. Yeah, it's like the balance of, like, I was like, well, this is just, you know, an attractive woman. But also, I understand that she's presenting this thing of like being like she's meant to look at herself and feel unsatisfied and unhappy or whatever, and then comes to accept her. And I think that was, I liked that that was what the film decided to end on as a note to be like the thing that she really wanted was, you know, the friends that she made along the way, mm-hmm. you know, or rather, you know, she came to accept herself and find her own source of satisfaction and being able to lose herself in those moments and like be complete in of herself. And not for nothing, but her performance, specifically in the first act, was such that you 100% bought it, that mm. she was this woman who regarded herself with absolute disdain. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a good thing to watch. The little touch of her leaving the fucking label on her, like, oh. negligee that she bought, I yeah, was like, that oh, was nice. and that's then a good... And then trying to hide it under her armpit. I was just like, oh. oh but when he ripped it off, I was like, no! no she can't return it! <laughs> she can't return it now, what have you done? She's gonna use it again. <laughs> okay. I think, have we all said everything we want to say? One, one little thing I want to add is I liked that um, without addressing it head on, there was a constant sort of theme of, the, of, um, of asking for consent. Yes. Um, and like, I, can, I can imagine, the, this is the dickhead in my mind, which, which is a bit unfair, it's a complete straw man, um, but like, I imagine some people can look at that and be like, is this what sex has to be? We have to ask it for every little thing you do? And it's just like, but uh, well, I... I like in the final sex montage, they don't do that, yeah. and that's because they are more comfortable. Whereas in the, all the other ones, she's clearly very nervous. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, if it was like, this feels like the right, like a good example. Like just 
by by demonstration, like this is how like to approach this sort of situation yeah, when there the is beginning. Yeah. and he he talks about like other situations other sexual clients he has and clearly they're not like it's just a way to begin like mm. oh let's we need to establish mm. language and even I also, when she's like safe word I also yeah. I also <laughs> I, I mean while it's not quite the representation that you might necessarily want did appreciate that he talked about having a disabled client and you know having a fulfilling sexual experience with her and it being normal again just gesturing at sex education which has a disabled character with sexual agency i'm just like hey hey people who are not able-bodied also have a sexual dimension to them and it's great to see that when it you know when it comes up which it seldom does but i even though it was only like told in retrospect by him of the third person i'm sorry okay so you're still acknowledging that like there are people, you know, who are not the conventional able-bodied people who would like still have these desires and these wants and these needs. And I'm like, that's good, you know. I'll, mm. It's it's crumbs, but I'll take it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not like it's not what this film is about. No, uh, but it is like it, like since he since the the list he was doing, he was doing a list of like oh here's the diversity of people that uh, I I work with, mm. and it's nice that like that that thought entered the writer's mind. Whereas I think really probably like people just don't consider disabled people. Yeah. I, I also will say when he talked about being dressed as a cat and being ignore and ignoring someone, I did think of the bit in the first episode of Broad City when they go to clean yeah, that guy's apartment and he's dressed as, well. as a baby. And I was like, there it is. <laughs> okay. So, we're now going to move on to final thoughts. Natalie, as I'm sure you can figure out, uh, it's a mirror of one-line hot takes, so uh, sum up your feelings post-discussion of uh, all of the things that we've said about the movie, but uh, as it will be demonstrated by Shay, Shay, can I ask you for your final thoughts on Good Luck to You, Leo Grand? Thank Whoa. you, Street Guitar. Whoa. Street Guitar. You can't what say, was that? You, you can't say a racial epithet on the podcast, Street Guitar. Uh, I was not going to go for that bit. What were you going to do? What were you going to do? I... I hmm. I was gonna, well, I was gonna be like, oh, we've assumed you've come from a broken street, street guitar with a bad backstory, but actually, you know what, it's fine. We're not perfect people, but I hope it's been an enjoyable show anyway, or something like that. I like that you're doing this in like a podcast voice. <laughs> yeah, like well, you're doing a parody of yourself yeah. talking about... I'm sorry, I can't. Instead, your... you made the street guitar racist, and now, <laughs> now I have to live with that guitar. So the first rule of improv is to always say yes. Yeah. Yes. The first rule of improv is always to accuse racism. <laughs> accuse the guitar of being racist. Okay, you, like, should get, you should go to a different improv class. <laughs> you should go to improv classes with Jim. It's been working out really well for him. Um, I don't go to improv. <laughs> That is a joke. When I make a bad joke, people say, oh, how are those improv classes going? And they're going terribly. It's not when you make, an, when you make a joke. It's when you start an improv and then lose faith halfway through, specifically. I want to be clear. It's not like every time you make a joke, oh, it's like yeah, someone yeah, just starts yeah. a thing. But the reason I lose faith is because I see your face and I see the judgment in your it's eyes. It's not judgment. It's just like, I wonder how he's going to stop well, this Well, in improv, thing. you should mirror that judgment. You should be taking on what your scene partner... Or you can go opposite, up, but you know, there are two safe choices. To Thank you. Work, work with the energy you give. Work with the energy you give. Sorry, Shay, your final thoughts. Oh, uh, that was it. I was gonna. I was like, kind of recounting both our problems with the film, but also the problems with maybe us discussing it, and also just but it being enjoyable. And so I was reflecting that as our experience of the film through the, through, through the anecdotal nature of street guitar. Hell yeah. Um, but instead you made Street Guitar racist, I'm guessing saying the film's racist, so... <laughs> <laughs> Could be fair. Um, Natalie, your final thoughts? Um, I liked it. Um, take your mum, go see it, learn about yourself, 
have a conversation with your mum. Have a conversation. I wasn't. That wasn't me saying specifically to you, but like, if you want, like, have a conversation with your mom about. Out of interest, and you know, feel free to like say I don't want to have it. Like, I would you go see this film with your mother? Absolutely not. I'm gonna need fucking years. I told you this. I told you the story about me watching Equus with my dad. <laughs> yes. I I would take. I'm my so mom sorry, to see Dad. <laughs> my, your mother is Dutch. I love it's the true. UN. I mean, I, I showed her Portrait of a Lady <laughs> on Fire just the mom. other weekend, uh, <laughs> and I forgot that there are some quite graphic scenes in Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, the movie's sick, though. It was sick, yeah. I think she enjoyed herself. Um, my final thoughts? Yes, please, Jim. Um, I, I think it's... It's flawed. It didn't, it didn't quite do what I hoped it would do, mm. but I think it's good than a film like this was made. Yes. And I think there should be more films like this. I mean, I, it was shoestring budget and they got Emma Thompson attached. They and, were like, and in COVID. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's a reason why the cast is so small. Yeah. Tiny little baby cast. And the, and the crew, of course. Cool. Um, so I guess for my final thoughts, um, Christ. Um, I, I, you've all said really good things. I didn't say good things. I said, take your mom, and then I said, no, I'm not taking my mom. <laughs> Wait, hey, hey, man. Throughout, throughout the podcast, you said lots of insight. Oh, thank things. you. Yeah, but also, like, you know, do as I say, not as I do, right? <laughs> that's the that's the, that's the the takeaway from this. Um, I think, yeah, I, I did like this film a lot, but I'm left with a sense of, like, Yes, but, but 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 a little more. Sure. Just a little, just a little susan of like you know, a little bit of polish here and there. Much much like An Nancy herself, herself, you felt like in the early sessions where you didn't, you you got something, but you didn't quite get the big O. I don't. <laughs> Come on, Nick, just say whether you got the big O. <laughs> Tell us, did you get the big O? Oh, I mean, did it take your box or not? <laughs> The I don't. I feel very like pressurized right now. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I don't like how uncomfortable you are. You, I, I love how. Uncomfortable. I don't. Well, I don't know. Feel like I understand what you mean by the big O is because it's like I liked it. You, you know, said, when you see a film and missing. you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. everywhere all at once. That was the big O. That was a big yeah. O. Like you know, I fucking like you know, the fact that Jim, as you heard me say, what that was about. Was like, Filmmaking, <laughs> you know, because it happened. Would you say you enjoyed it, but you weren't wholly satisfied? Yeah, I think that's the best way to say it. Mm. Um, and now I'm going to stop the recording because it's time for me to go and apologise to all of the women that I told were sluts when they were children. Really? Wait, wait, no, wait, 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 wait